if, if you've looked at your bulletin, um, we now, I will now read for us uh, Ephesians 2, uh, verses 1 through 10. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. And you were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that the coming, in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. The, if you notice the title of the message, it doesn't say sermon. It says the title of the message today. Uh, no pretense. I do not pretend to be a preacher. But I do want to share today a message with you. And I can tell you it's very humbling when the secretary calls and says, what's the title of your sermon going to be? And uh, I'm like, uh. So you'll see in the bulletin it says, Remember. One word, remember. Part of that was because that's what was going on in my mind at the time. Remembering a remark that, that some of you I know have heard me say, I'm sure many of the men who are on the session have heard me say, I, had a good, I have a good friend whose father was a pastor. And he told me many years ago uh, that, that his father always told him that we as Christians should be ready to preach, pray, or die at a moment's notice. And I chuckled at the time when he said that. Today I guess I'm having to see if I can come up with at least two of those, maybe not the third one yet. But, but to preach, pray, or die at a moment's notice. And think about that after you leave here today, how true that is. Now, you may not expect to be up here any day, any, one day, and God may not call you to, but I believe we all need to preach to ourselves almost daily. Certainly, we need to be people of prayer. And all of us, ultimately, whether the good Lord comes first, unless He comes first, will die. So it is something that we need to be prepared for uh, when those times come. 
I also thought from a term, from the respect of, with respect to how we live our lives as people. You know, as I, as I read through God's Word, it seems like so often, and this is just me, I can't come up with a verse to back this up, but, but it seems that so much throughout God's Word, we need to be people who remember. We need to people... We need to be people who trust and obey what we remember. And we need to be thankful for what has been done for us. We need to remember all, who God is, who we are, what He has done, what He will promise to do for us. We need to trust and obey that. And then we need to be thankful when He does. Um, and you know, if you think about that, that's a loop. Because when we start to be thankful, it makes us remember what God has done. And we're back in the loop again. Uh, and so it, it is all important. What we're going to look at today, for some may be new. And if it is, I am thankful. Because you need to hear these words. If you don't know them yet, there's tremendous truth and tremendous blessings. Because here, Paul presents... <laughs> The gospel, a gospel that we all need to hear and need to know. Uh, and if you've heard it before, then this is a reminder. This is to remind you to remember who we are. You know, Paul begins the, the letter of Ephesians, and I love the, 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 his, his letter here to the Ephesians, the epistle of the Ephesians. Uh, and in, in chapter 1, he begins by telling the Ephesians, which the same things would apply today or that are ours in Him, the blessings that have been poured on us now that we now have because we are in Christ. Uh, God has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. God chose us uh, to be His in Him before the foundation of the world. Uh, God predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to His purpose, the purpose of His will. And we've been redeemed through the blood of Christ. Uh, we've been forgiven our trespasses according to the riches of His grace. All that Paul lays out in chapter 1. And then he prays for the Christians there. He gives thanks for them for their faith in Christ. He, that, and he prays that God would give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Tremendous thing to be praised. That they would know the hope that they have now in Christ and the immeasurable greatness of His power at work in us now as His people. All that's in chapter 1. And then here in chapter 2, these first 10 verses that we're looking at, again, that we're looking at, we're going to look at and see and think in terms of who we were, who we were if we are in Christ now, who we are if you have not made, who you are if you've not made Christ your Lord and Savior. Uh, then we're going to look at what God has done for us, and then we'll look briefly at who we are now in Him. So he begins chapter 2, the first verse there, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. The natural state of all mankind. 
none of us are good. We have a, we, we have a tendency to think of ourselves as, as, as not that bad because we tend to look at ourselves oftentimes versus other people around us than God's standard for us. Let's look in, in Romans chapter 9 at Paul's letter, I mean Paul, chapter 3 of Romans. Um, just at, as Paul's words there to look at and talk about and see how we stand before God. In, in, in Romans chapter 3, beginning with verse 9, Paul said, Paul says, What then? Are we Jews any better off? No, not at all, for we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin, as it is written, None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside, and together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asp is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood, and their paths are ruin and misery and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Naturally, this is where we all are. Without Christ, we are lost. We are not just sick, we are dead. And worse yet, we are without hope. Adam and Eve, in their disobedience of, of God's command not to eat of the forbidden fruit, fell from that their original righteousness and communion with God and became dead to sin. And all of mankind has inherited that death because of it. So we are in a bad, you're in a bad spot. You're in a hopeless spot naturally. And that's why Paul goes on to say here in the first verses of, of, of Second Ephesians, in which you once walked following the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. You see, in the state of sin that we all naturally come, we walk conformed in conformity to the world that is around us. We are by nature bond slaves to sin and Satan. You know, it says here that we are at work in the sons of disobedience. Who are the sons of disobedience? They are those that choose to, to not obey, to disobey God and to serve the devil. And he goes on to say, before it's easy to go, well, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not there. Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like all of mankind. 
You see, we not only, we, we were at the same time uh, being deceived by devil, the devil, by Satan, and committed to gratifying the desires of our sinful nature. We all once lived in the passions of the flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. There is no way that we could or would choose God, choose to follow Him. And you see, that life before God is subject to nothing but His wrath. And you know, wrath is, is one of those things that we don't talk a lot about. Uh, you know, we so often talk about Christ and the love that was shown by God through Christ, and that is so true. But you know, as many in here have heard me say before, we never need to look at the cross and not think about the wrath of God that Christ bore. Not for his sins, for he had none. But he took upon himself our sins, the sins of mankind, and bore the price, God's wrath, for them. Uh, and so it is only through him and in him that we are who we are if we are his people. There's no hope. Uh, and that's a, you know, it, it's easy to, to, to read those and, and say, well, why, why are we spending so much time talking about this? I don't like talking about dead death. I don't like talking about being dead and lost and, and, and God's wrath. But the reality is, if we don't see our sin for what it is, if we don't understand the desperate situation and need that there was in our lives before God, then we don't have very much appreciation for what Christ did. If we diminish our sin, we diminish Christ and what he accomplished for us. So it is important that we see that. And thankfully we have verse 4. But God. You see, without God, unless God had show, has showed his mercy and made a way to satisfy uh, the price for what his perfect justice required, his wrath, uh, we would, there would be no way. We, but God did. But God, but God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. But God made us alive while we were dead. And why did he do it? Being rich in mercy, because of his great love in which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. It was because of his great love. It was because of his rich mercy and his sheer grace. Not because of us. Uh, not because of us. We, we were dead. There was nothing about us uh, that, that would, whether it's our faith, our conversion, our salvation, none of that was because of our ability or any kind of merit that we had earned or deserved by who we are. And that even was intentional on God's part 
because there's no room for boasting there, as we will see in a minute. Uh, because what would we do? If we felt like it was something we could have done, we would be quick to take credit for it. And we have absolutely no room to, to take credit for it. God is the author of this change that we have in Christ. It began, it begins with him and his actions in our lives uh, to make us, uh, to change us from those lost and hopeless into those that would desire and come to him. Uh, all comes in and from about his great love, as it says here uh, from our creatures. We are saved by faith, which is a gift of God, not a result of, of works. And what did he do then? Look at where we are now. He raised us, but God, being rich in mercy, because the great love of which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace we have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. God now sees us in Christ raised up with him in heavenly places. And think about it, our ultimate goal, our ultimate hope now, our ultimate expectation is in the future. We not only have him alive and at work in us today, but we have a hope before us for all eternity in him. And how amazing, how amazing that is. Um, and so this is all because of Christ. And so we are familiar uh, with, with verses 8 and 9. Uh, many of us know them by memory. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Again, important point to see, important point to remember that it is all about God and God's grace toward us and not anything that we have done. He chose us before the foundation of the world. He changed our hearts. He brought us to himself. He provided the way that we could come to him. And all of that was in Jesus Christ. And it was a gift from God. And then the last part, that's who, what God has done. We've seen who we are. We see what God has done. And we now need to see who we are now. In verse 10, we read, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are now in Christ new creatures. We've received God's grace and the faith to grasp it and hold on to it. We are saved from death, the death of sin, and have a spiritual, a new spiritual life implanted in us. Um, Matthew Henry says, grace in the soul is a new life in the soul. Grace unlocks and opens all and enlarges the soul. And you go, well, what, what's that all about? What does that mean? Well, think about it. 
It means that God has a plan and a purpose for us, for each and every one of us, which means that everything that touches our lives is a part of his plan, for he is a sovereign God. And his plan and, and, and his plan and purpose for our life is perfect. It is best. Uh, so as we walk our lives out, uh, what a changed perspective that should give us when we go through those difficult times. And we all have them. Every one of us has them. When we go through those difficult times, we can look at them from the perspective of not why is this happening to me and why does God hate me? But we can look at them from perspective of this is God's hand. This is a tool in God's hand at work in my life. What is he trying to grow me to be? How is he using this difficult time to grow me to be? Because what is his ultimate purpose for all of us? is conformity to his son, Jesus Christ. How could he who would lay, lay down the life of his son for us while we were sinners do anything but what was good for us ultimately? That doesn't mean that makes it easy. It can be very hard. But there's a refuge in him. There's a refuge in knowing that he is, and the good times too. We seem to be good at praying when times are hard and when things are bad. But what do we do when things are good? How do we see the good things in our lives? How do we see those blessings that we enjoy? Do we thank him for them and recognize that they come from his hand? Um, it is so important that we do that. You know, I... I don't know whether you've picked up on it as we've gone through here or not, but all of these things we are talking about, I think Paul put them here for purpose. And purpose was to say, remember who you are. Remember how you have changed. Remember how you changed. It was at God's hand and by God's grace and his mercy and his love. And then who we are now as we walk and, and live our lives out. And, you know, it's also interesting that talking about loving the book of Ephesians, uh, if you look, most of chapter 6, everybody's going, okay, what's in Ephesians chapter 6? Paul talks about putting on the whole armor of God. And we need to understand that the walk of a Christian life can be very tough. There are hard times. There are difficult times. Christ suffered. We should expect nothing less as his people if we are walking as he calls us to walk. But you know, the even great news of that is, the great news is we don't walk alone. He doesn't do this for us and then just set us out there alone and see how we'll do or what happens. But he is the power within our lives. We have the Holy Spirit within us, his Holy Spirit within us, who not only brought us to him, who not only intercedes between us and God, 
but he is the power to walk and live our lives out as God would desire and have us to live them out. So again, there was nothing new, hopefully to, to, to most, if not all of you, there was nothing new in what I've shared with you today. But I do pray that it is something that you and, and I, all of us, will remember regularly. Remember who we are. Remember who we were. And remember how this change in us occurred. The price that had to be paid. It wasn't free. Christ paid a horrible price. He paid a horrible price for us. And as we think about that, it should certainly change our lives. Let me read just quickly from a couple of verses from, from Ephesians 1. Uh, again, Paul sharing uh, who we are now. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. Amazing who we are. And the tricky part here is, not the tricky part, the important part in this is, as, as, as I know many of you have heard me say before, this is who we are now in Christ. If you are in Christ, if He is your Lord and Savior, this is what has been done for you. This is who you are today. And we need to live like who we are. We need to live like God's people, which is who we are. Let us pray. Lord God, we do thank you. We cannot thank you enough for what you have done for us. Lord, we stand back and wonder and question, why us? What have we done that so much can be poured out, so many blessings can be poured out upon us? And honestly, we have done nothing. It is all by your mercy, your love, and your grace. And I pray, Lord, that that would prompt us to live a different life, that it would prompt us to live, every, live everything, say everything, do everything we do in a way that would bring honor and glory to you as our almighty God and, and heavenly Father. Uh, help us to remember this. Uh, help us to learn to always turn to you and seek you when everything, everything that touches our lives confronts us, and to know and trust that you are always at work in us, and everything you do is used in your hands for our good and your glory. In Christ's name we pray.